Do I have my drink? Yes, I do. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Yankee Stadium. I love it. I'm going to use it as long as possible. Sorry, Farachi. As long <laughs> as possible. We're going to hold on to it as long as we can. <laughs> what is up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Empire 161, your show for Yankee baseball and now Star Wars talk, especially The Mandalorian, which we will be taking care of today. This is episode 17. My name is Tim Tabala. My co-host right here. This is Mr. Ed Camus. Ed, what is going on? What is up, Tim? What's going on, my man? Same crap, different day. Somehow we got a, a renewed summer in, in New York here all of a sudden. It's pretty sweet. I, I was out in shorts and a t-shirt. I mean, you might be out in shorts and a t-shirt in November. Yeah, <laughs> typically, but... yeah usually I am anyway. So, But yeah, yeah it's cr crazy. Far is getting smashed with hurricanes, and we have 70-degree wind, beautiful weather out. It's, it's absolutely insane. Yeah, it's been pretty beautiful. No, the weather was nice all weekend. Got to enjoy it, get outside a lot. It was it was awesome, man. So, uh, you know what? Let's cut right to the chick. Oh, should we, we got comments. Should we comment here? Who's this? Who's this? This is the boss. Yep, it's the boss. Thank you, boss. Thank you for sharing it out. I was about to share it out, too, but thank you very much. Why is it so small? Steve, why is it so small? <laughs> I don't like it so small, Steve. Tell me how to fix it. Oh, that one pass. <laughs> All right. <laughs> anyway, he shared it out, so that's good. I don't have to. Actually, I'm going to share it out anyway because I like people on my page to see that we're on, which I will do right. Beautiful weather up. Okay, let's get on with this show. Uh, we got a couple small Yankee news. Nothing really major going on, of course. End of the season. We go, of course, the rumors have already started to fly. Francisco Lindor is going everywhere. Everyone yes. wants him. He's going everywhere. Yankees are getting three pitchers. The Mets are getting seven pitchers. This team is getting this guy, that guy. But we're going to stick to the Yankees for now. Uh, Ed, what have you heard so far about – let's start with Francisco. Well, let's, you know what? Let's start with DJ LeMay. Let's start with our, our own guy. DJ LeMay, you, MVP candidate, now a free agent, and it's said that he might test the free agent market. So what do you think about DJ? Uh, yeah, I saw the same thing. I mean, he's a, one of the finalists. He was named AL MVP finalist last week, which we'll know about later. <laughs> exactly. Uh, which we'll know, we'll, know, we'll know about later this week. So was it, uh, hopefully next week we have uh, a DJ LeMahieu AL MVP situation to discuss. But, uh, yeah, the things that I'm seeing, he's going to get tested out there, see what's going on. But all reports have been that Yankees want him back, that he's their top priority. Uh on the free agent market and any move is to re-sign him and bring him back. Um, he seems to want to stay here as well. So I would still be really shocked if they don't bring him back unless somebody makes a really, really crazy offer. What's uh, up, Mario? Welcome to the show. Share us out. Share us out. Uh, hey, you, you never know. That, that could be true too. Yeah, so that's that's what I'm seeing with DJ LeMahieu still. Uh, I, was re I know John Heyman was on uh, – uh, a podcast earlier today, he was talking about, um, you know, he fully expects Lindor to go back. I mean, uh, LeMahieu to go back to the Yankees. And then, you know, Lindor, the whole Lindor stuff is getting crazy. I mean, yeah, he's, there's rumors about him. A lot of people are suggesting that the Yanks do make a move for him. Um, 
but it would it would it would it would take some maneuvering. It would still take a lot. And the big thing is is re-signing him, you know, after because he's arbitration eligible this year, and then they would need to re-sign him. So I don't see the Yanks, you know, to have to give up such a huge uh, package of prospects and everything like that, and and maybe even current MLB play uh, MLB ready players to get a guy like that. You're going to make sure you sign him in advance. So. Um, I mean, for the Yanks to make that fit, that would mean Glaber sliding back over to second base. Uh, that probably means that Luke Voigt would be out of the picture as well, as what I would guess. Uh, I know Michael Kay, uh, I think it was on Friday, his show on Friday, was recommending that they actually let LeMahieu walk. Right? If they let him walk, and then they bring in Lindor, slide Glaber over to second. Voigt, who would still remain as the first baseman, is a much more affordable option. And all reports will, you know, from Cashman and, and Hal have said that they do want to stay. They would like to stay under the luxury tax threshold for this season. So financially, that would make more sense because the trade for Lindor and bring LeMahieu back would be very, very difficult considering that they need to, um, you know, still need to sign at least two starting pitchers. And that may be included. And hopefully that includes Tanaka or, you know, maybe like a Trevor Bauer or something like that. But, um yeah, the Yanks are. I mean, there, there's a lot of things in play here, but for Lindor to go, it would it would be tied to Lemayhew, um, and doing both seems like it would be a stretch. Uh, here's one that doesn't make any sense to me. I read on one of these sites that the Indians would ask for Torres. Why would you go up Gleyber Torres for Francisco Lindor? It's almost an yeah. even swap, but Gleyber's younger. Well, Glaber Glaber's younger, right? And Glaber is much more. He's not even close to making his his top dollar yet. Uh, for the Indians, I can see where it would make sense though, because they're trying to cut payroll. So for them, it's like, hey, we can't bring Lindor back anyway. So let's get a cheaper guy who can probably give us similar offensive production. I mean, Glaber's not a switch hitter like Lindor is, um, and then he's not the defender that Lindor is either. I mean, we saw that firsthand this year that. You know, he's he's not. I mean, Lindor's arguably the best shortstop in baseball. I mean, he's definitely in the conversation. So I can see where that would make sense for the Indians. Um, on the Yankees' half, uh, I mean, if they think that – if they're not that faithful in in, uh, in uh, Glaber and they want to go ahead and, and bring LeMahieu back, then, that I mean, Voight or Glaber would have to go. I personally would, would let Voight go, um, but that's – I mean, I could see where that would make some kind of sense, but if you're going to give up, if you're the Yankees, let's say they do that and they do give up Labor Torres, you're not going to give them that much more in return. I mean, you can probably, you know, if I'm the Indians, I'm looking to go ahead and get like a bunch of players back, not just a Labor Torres, almost a straight up thing. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't know. That it's. Again, there's a lot of moving parts with that situation. Well, of course, yeah, of course, you saw Domingo Herman is a name. Clint Frazier is still a name, which I don't understand. I still don't understand why. Yeah. Um, who else did I see? The young, the young. We have a younger shortstop coming up. I can't even pronounce his name. Um, I forget his name, but he's a, now he would be a more of a better option, I would think. Yeah, well, that's important. It's really what the Indians want to do, you know. Like if they believe that. Uh, you know, Glaber Torres is obviously major league ready. So if that's their goal is to stay competitive right now and do that, then Glaber might be the move. But if I'm the Indians, I would press, the, you know, I'm going to want everything from the Yankees for, for Francisco Lindor. So there, there's there's a lot of shifting around that would, that would need to be done. Um, 
I don't know. And then, you know, when, when Mario chimed in before asking about, I know Mario's a big Mets fan. If he's looking for, I don't even know what the, the Mets would have to give up to Lindor. I mean, I would assume the Yankees could offer a better, you know, a better package of, of prospects and, and immediate players. But, um, you know, they would, I'm sure, like, they just got uh, Steve Cohen as their owner. He would be able to sign Lindor in two seconds. So that's not the problem. I just don't know what they would be able to give up for the Indians to want to part with Lindor. I heard uh, they were going to package Ahmed Rosario. Uh, I don't know, two or three other guys too. Yeah. But he's, he, he's not even worth it. Is it even worth it right now? That's what I'm yeah. saying. I don't know. I personally, I would like to sign DJ. Keep to keep that the way it is. I know Lindor is Lindor, but I'd rather go after more pitching. Lots of lots of good pitching. Yeah. Don't worry about that. That's just me personally. Um, yeah, I would make, I'd make DJ our top priority right now. Give him, give him a two-year deal, three-year deal, whatever he wants. Well, See that's the question. Yeah, that's the question. What does he? What is DJ really looking for? I mean, he's 32 years old right now. This is going to be the the big contract he gets for his career. So, most of the time when it happens, they're going to want as many years as possible. You know, I, I still think it's going to be in the four, maybe even five-year range or, or something along that line, and, and that's where the Yanks would need to make their decision. Uh, Lindor yeah. is also younger than DJ, so that's something you do need to take into consideration too. Um, hey, if, if the Yanks got an up the middle, uh, up the middle of the infield situation of Lindor and Glaber or Lindor and DJ, I mean they're in a pretty good shape regardless. So if they do make the move for Lindor, I, I mean I can't say it's a bad move at all. Like it would only help the Yankees because the Yankees defense does need to improve. I mean it. It's to say it's a championship caliber defense is it's kind of kind of tough to say that right now, uh, considering what we saw last year. I don't think they're terrible. I don't think they're as bad as they're, you know, as they looked last year either. But you know, defense defense and pitching wins championships, man. We we all know that. So, uh, what would you what would you personally prefer? Um, right, right, right now, if you had to make I, right now, you're gonna make a decision right now. Oh. What would you? Think? If, if I'm if I'm making the decision, I'm re-signing DJ LeMayhew, right? And then I'm I'm shipping Void out, and I like Void. I mean, we've talked about here. I, I really do. Void grew on me. I didn't like him initially, but he, you know, yeah, he grew on me a lot. I mean, his defense sucks. I mean, let's be honest. He, as a as a first baseman, he's pretty bad. He's a DH with a glove out there. I would sign DJ LeMayhew. I would make the move for Lindor. Um, Man, then in that case, then DJ is my first baseman. I will keep Glaber at second, slide him over to second base, and Lindor is my shortstop. And then you got a pretty dynamite infield right there, and you have upgraded, and you have a lefty bat also because Lindor is a switch hitter. That's what I would do. I would package Voight to the Indians along with like a Clark Schmidt. Um, would you give up Clark Schmidt? Really? I would. I would. I would trade. I would trade Clark Schmidt. I think Garcia over Domingo Herman. <laughs> Uh, yeah, because the Yanks, the Yanks also got to figure out what they want, how they feel about Herman. Like I, I mentioned last week, you know, Hal said that they're not sure. He, they need they need to look into Herman seriously and see if he's really got his act together again. Because they were, you know, what he did was it was pretty bad and pretty ridiculous. So it's not a slam dunk that he's automatically coming back. I, if that gets me Lindor, they could have Herman, they could have Schmidt, they could have Voit. And if I got to throw in a lower level prospect, I would I would make that deal. But financially, though, is what is in the background here. If this was Yankees, you know, two thousand nine, 
that that would be the move. Go ahead, just spend, spend, spend. Let's let's get what we need, and that's it. But under House Steinbrenner, they're trying to be a little bit more responsible because that luxury tax threshold for repeat offenders, you're spending a lot of money. Like they're really trying to deter you from doing that. But you know, that's that's where it's at right now. But money, money is the thing. It's not like the Yanks can't afford it. They're just choosing not to do it, especially when they go ahead and look at a team like the Rays, who have a payroll of like. You know, uh, what, what do they have, like 30, 30 million or something, 35 million, and they're the ones who are in the World Series? Less than Bellinger himself, or less exactly. than Mookie Betts himself. Yeah, and I think they also said it was like less than Garrett Cole. So think about it. If I'm Hal Steinbrenner, you're Brian Cash, and we're talking, and I'm like, hey, you know, you're, you're coming to me saying, oh, yeah, you know, I want to spend X, Y, and Z on all these guys, and they're going to be like, the Rays. The Rays won the division. <laughs> they don't need to spend that. Get me the guys who I don't have to do that. You know what I mean? Like. I, I kind of get it, but that that would be my move. I would ship Void out with Schmidt, and and I actually Schmidt, Void, and Duhar, because I think the Indians, if I'm correct though, and I'm not gonna, I, there. yeah, I would throw in Duhar in there. I mean, he's not useful to us right now. I mean, honestly, he's going to be a man without a position. Um, the, I think the Indians were probably looking for you know lo, uh, lower price. You know, young talent right now. I think I'm pretty sure their their uh, farm system still stocked with pitching, so that's what you want. You give him a first baseman with Voit, you know, to replace Carlos Santana. You give him a third baseman right there, you know, in in Andujar if they want to go ahead and experiment with him if they think they can clean up his defense. And then you give him Clark Schmidt also. And you know, if it takes another lower level guy to get that deal done, I make it. But then it turns to how do you want to go ahead and to sign Lindor is gonna he's gonna take a mega contract. It's gonna yeah. be like I mean, dude, it could be something like Mookie Betscott. It, it really might be a contract like that. I mean, he's playing a prime position and he's and he's not, you know, he's not old either. And he's one of the best in the game. Was he uh, 20, 28? 28? Oh, is he that old? I thought he was twenty eight. He's just entering oh, his prime. Yeah. He's just entering his prime. So this is the time if you're if you're that guy that's you get paid, you get and your mega deal right now. Yeah, exactly. Think about it. Gold level, gold glove level shortstop, switch hitter. You know, I mean, man, he would act some. I had some serious pumps to the Yanks lineup. So that's the kind of that's the kind of package I would put together to try to get Lindor. I try to hold on to Glaber, but if they want Glaber, then guess what? If you're going to take Glaber, then we're going to take a lot of the off the board. You know, and you're going to get less. So. That's, yeah, that's what exactly. I like a Glaber and then a low-level guy of tops. That's it. Yeah, so. but but also John Heyman had mentioned in the same interview uh, earlier today. He said, from what he's hearing, the Yanks are not really talking about Lindor too much. You know, allegedly, allegedly not discussing him much. They're more like if they're going to go after a shortstop on a free agent market, it'd be more like an Alvarez and Simmons, or even potentially bringing Didi back. So. I'm not saying I'm going to, like, cry over having either one of those, but I, I want to know what that means, though. Because if you're bringing in a shortstop, that means you're sliding Glaber over to second, probably. And is that, does that mean, like, is this your plan B if DJ doesn't come back? That's that's going to be your move then? Like, I, I don't know, you know? So Hasn't free agency technically started? It, it has started, but – most are thinking it's going to be a really, really slow process this year. I mean, it's been kind of slow for the last couple of years, but like really slow this year because a lot of teams financially are trying to figure out what's happening. You know, I know there were reports earlier today about Pfizer might have a vaccine 
you know, really close to coming. So if a vaccine comes out and they think they could have fans in April to start the season, then it could go back to, you know, not business as usual, but, you know, a lot closer. Teams will know they'll have money coming in next season until they start and they can plan ahead. But if in, until they know if they're going to have fans at full capacity next year, that's what I think they're all waiting on. It's going to be a, a huge waiting game. Yeah, 90% effective, they said so far. So does that mean yeah. you, don't, you don't have to cough? As long as it means you don't die, I'm good. I'll take it. Exactly. I'll, I'll take it. I don't care. 90% <laughs> is it. As long as I don't die, I'm good. I'll take whatever you want to give me. Yeah. 60%. Like, oh, the, 60, the 60% you might have a bad cough, but you're not going to die. All right, I'll take the cough for two weeks. I just don't want to die. That's exactly. all I want to do. So whatever. I'll move on with that. All right, so then right off the bat then, if you saw where, where do you actually – let me put it this way. Because like I, we talked about it already with the Mets. Yeah. I think the Mets are going to make the biggest splash this year because, like I said – Cohen's a billionaire, not just that, but he's not, he wasn't affected by this year's nonsense like every other team was. Yeah, some, no, of these teams, some of these teams are even talking about if, if they go through this another year, they don't know what they're going to do. You might have teams collapsing yeah. if they have to go through this crap another year with this COVID nonsense. Mm-hmm. Um, but who do you see making the biggest splash, the biggest moves, the biggest whatever? I'm, I'm saying it's going to be the Mets. Uh, yeah, I mean, I would agree with you that I think, I think it would be the Mets because of all the reasons you said. I mean, it's really – you spelled it out perfectly, you know, with, with Cohen coming in, and he is not the one who lost money. He's trying to make, you know, a big splash. He's already made some big moves by pretty much canning the entire front office, you know, outside of Sandy Alderson. Um, that's what I would see. I mean, um, I think I had heard too uh, – I was listening to some of Buster only earlier today – he think I mean, JT Romuto is the guy who I would expect the Mets to be, like, on the top of their list. But there was something out there, floated out there, that he may not want to play in New York at all. Really? Which was, yeah, which is something they can't, you know, that would be out of their control. But if you're going to play in Philly, you can play in New York. It's 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 not that, it's not, you know. Listen, if Steve Cohen shows up wearing his million-dollar man vest with Virgil <laughs> next to him, flashing that money, anyone's going to come. I don't want to hear that crap. Real Muto's going to come. If he has that money, Tim, you just gave me a crazy visual that I think that Steve Cohen in his first act did hire Virgil, Virgil. and him in to just hang out with him. Virgil, the actual Virgil, yeah, the actual hey, that Virgil. Guy, that guy needs a job. <laughs> it would be perfect. That's what I'm saying. Like, go on, tweet him because I saw Cohen's got on Twitter now. You can tweet him and say, "Listen, I'm hiring you to like, you know, to to be my boy. You're gonna hang out with me. You're gonna go up, and we're gonna go to free agent signings." And you're, you're going to wear, wear the big vest. Yeah, bring the shiny, shiny vest back again. Yeah. Hold the hold the money in your hand. That's it. That's it. Who's not going to sign with you then if you have Virgil? I mean, a guy can win the Royal Rumble. That's – oh, yeah. I know. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so that's why I see. I see them going to be making the biggest moves. Um, how many? I don't know. Yeah, I, don't I, know. I know George George Springer should be on the Mets' radar. You would assume Riamuto's on their radar. Trevor Bauer would be – I mean, I would still be shocked if they started like all three of those guys or something like that. I don't know if it's going to be that crazy. Well, he's but, a Met fan too. No, listen. Met fan. Like I was saying, imagine, imagine you being able to buy your team, your exactly. favorite team growing up, a team that hasn't won in 40 years, and like, I got the money. Yeah. I am going to make this happen. I don't care what it takes. That's like mind-blowing. Yeah. But as so, we also know, we're very aware because, you know – Oh, we're very aware. We're very aware. We know how this goes. You have to sign the right guys also. It's not just about pouring it out because you want to know something. We might have had, you know, 38 World Series by this point if it was just about spending the money. So 
We saw that, especially in the especially in the eighties, when George was just throwing money at everybody. You got to sign the right guys. So in the right pieces, it's got to be a great fit. So we'll we'll wait and see what happens. And even later on, with our nightmare known as Gary Sheffield and Carl Provano and all those nightmares players who, thank God, are fading away into Yankee history. Exactly. Um, we got any other? What else you got? Any other major league or Yankee news going on? Uh, no, not the Yankee related. It was just Alex Cora, you know, being re- uh, rehired by the Red Sox. So you know that it's was pretty much very slap on. I don't even know if that's a slap on the wrist to him. You know, it was just kind of like, oh no, you missed a sixty game season where we were trash. Um, we're just gonna bring you right back. So I don't know. The, you know, that's just so I thought that was a little bit weird. And I even posted on on one of the, on Facebook. I wrote. If Cora's back, then Pete, Pete Rose should be in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> immediately. Immediately. They should sign him immediately into the Hall of Fame. Because, why? you know, that doesn't make any sense to me. It's bad enough the Ashers got away with it. Yeah. Well, I mean, their, their former GM, um, Lewinhow, is uh, the news broke earlier today that he's suing for $22 million. He's, actually, he's suing the Astros. Really? Yeah, he's doing the Astros. I, I didn't get to a chance. I'm not. Gonna, I didn't get a chance to read the whole thing about all the details, but he is suing them. And I don't know if it's because AJ Hinch got hired already by the Red Sox uh, by the Tigers last week, and now Cora's already got his job. I mean, the only guy who hasn't gotten a job that's been implicated in anything was Beltran. So if Beltran gets hired as like a hitting coach or something like that with somebody. This dude Lunau, Jeff Lunau, sitting there like, you know, what the hell? Everyone else got a little slap in the wrist. Like, what about me? <laughs> Jesus. Wow, yeah. that's true. So that was I – mean, if you want to look at it from from his perspective, perhaps. Uh, now that yeah. whole thing. The Astros got so lucky this year, so lucky, because you know what they put up with was nothing compared to what they would have went through with a, with a stadium full of people. I'm I don't think – I, I, I think they would have cracked. I'm going to be honest with you, they would have cracked halfway through. They would have been abused so bad. Throughout this year, just by Yankees alone, yes, they would have been they would have been so abused. Forget about it. it; would have been it would have been monumental. Yeah, I'm I'm really hoping that baseball fans do not forget about this and hold on to it for for next year and just kind of like just give it all to them and make them pay for it two years in a row. And know. you know why not? I, I really hope so. Damn bastards! <laughs> all right, I think are we, are we switching gears? I think we're switching think gears. So, yes. <laughs> Switching gears. That means we have to bring out the third member of our team. There yes. he is. That this little bastard had, didn't have a good episode. He, he got took a lot. Of, took a lot of <laughs> flack in this episode, deservingly so. Deservingly so. Do we want to start with that? Do you want to lead off with the Baby Yoda stuff? Uh, no, we'll go. We'll go through the episode. We'll go through the episode. You know, little I, by little, whatever. Right. He was the controversial character of the week. Oh man, he was very controversial, and you know what? I'm going to agree with that too. I was kind of annoyed with him. I was like, "Are you kidding me?" As funny it was, as funny as it was at the end, yeah. I was like, "Oh come on, dude, really?" I mean, I mean, it was a little. It was, it was a weird episode too. It was a weird episode. I'll I'll, I'll save the comments until we get to that. All I right. So we, we, what happened? I didn't find the eating of the egg stuff that strange when I thought about it for a minute. And you know what? Okay. It's just one of those things. It's like, dude, really? Are you really eating these kids? All right, listen, we're we're fine. Like the, the mother, the mother's right there. You're eating these kids. I don't right, know. That's we'll, how I. We'll get to it right now. Then listen. The get the kid. I mean, the kid went and ahead and ate a frog. 
And then he eats, yeah, but then he eats a spider and almost gets everybody killed. That's true. I mean, he didn't know any better. What do you want? He's a, he's only fifty. What do you I know. I know. I mean, he's just a little guy. Exactly. I don't know what he's doing. But yeah. <clears throat> All right. So we opened the episode where we left off last week. Uh, he's on his way back to Moss Eisley. Him and the child, and you get a couple bounty hunters. I, you know what? The one thing I don't know, and if anyone out there who knows this can please explain it to me because I don't understand. How are they tracking this kid? By his DNA? By his biological makeup? He doesn't have a chip on him. So how are they... I don't understand how these all these following this kid around. Well, how does the FOB... What is the FOBs... Attract, like, what is that connected to? Is that... You know, uh, is it the I don't know. Is it the gen code that was talked about? Maybe. Maybe it's like it's just his genetic makeup. Yeah. And since he's the only one, they click it on. Like, oh, we know where he is. Everyone knows where he is all of a sudden. I mean, that's, yeah. I mean, I guess they had to make it that way to make the whole show controversial. That's what's going to be. The people are going to keep coming after him. Yeah. Well, you don't have you don't have a show. No. But anyway, you get three more bounty hunters. Put the old uh, biker scout from Return of the Jedi trick with the Ewoks. Pulled that string, knocked out that bike. Mando goes flying. Baby goes flying. Meat goes flying. Uh, Mando takes care of the first two, and that little guy made that made me laugh. This actually was my favorite part of the whole episode. Little guy has Baby Yoda with the knife. Mm-hmm. So he says he can have whatever he wants. He picks the jetpack. He didn't get very far. No. <laughs> Mando hits the button. Jetpack goes in the air. Bounty hunter comes down. Dead. It's fantastic. And then the greatest thing is that the, the look, the look that he gives, just like, yep, again. Just you just killed somebody else again because of him. Again. Yeah, so you gotta wonder, right? Like last in the first episode we saw when uh when uh, the child goes ahead and, and saw what was coming, and then he just hides in his little uh, thing, right? Because he's like, oh, shit. What did he see in between seasons? Like, was Mando just going around just, like, smoking people? And his Probably. kid just kept seeing it. It was like, all right, I, I know when the shit's about to hit the fan. Well, think about what he's seen already. Yeah. He's been in the middle of Imperial battles. He got kidnapped by biker scouts. He's you know, Countless bounty hunters are getting waxed. Yeah, he fought the big the what's the, I forgot the name already off the top of my head in the first one where he used the force on. I mean, he's seen some shit already for being a baby. Yeah, so yeah. It, I mean, Only it's nuts. And it's fifty years. Fifty. <laughs> I'm dying to know. I I can't wait till they announce his name because I'm tired of Baby Yoda or the child. <laughs> and I'm hoping they announce it this year. Um, any Easter egg so far that you got that you picked up on? I think it was the one with um, at, well if we're no, no, it was actually the next scene when he goes ahead and uh, F5, I know, was like strolling around in the cantina and everything like that. And they had um, that droid that was, um, I believe he was getting like steamed in, in, in A New Hope. Remember, like they, they had him and he was the one who was, who was like cooking the meat for them yeah. in, the, uh, in the hangar. So you yeah. never saw any of them oper- besides the dude screaming when he got like the, the hot uh, thing on him. Now you actually get to see him like cooking meat. So you got to see one of them actually functional doing something. But no, nothing before that. Those are the two things that I noticed. And uh, well, Dr. Mandible, the big ant, uh, yeah. he was kind of like a side character. And I think it's hysterical that the episode was directed by Ant-Man's director, Peyton, Peyton Reed, Reed, who has to bring a giant ant into this episode, which I thought was fantastic. Yes. Um, yeah, him and him and Amy Sedaris' character, who I always forget her name, yeah. was playing Sabak, the famous Han Solo, Lando Carissian card game. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was a little, a little nod, which is a great little nod. 
And Dr. Mandible says he knows where Mandalorians are, but it's going to take a little bit of a problem. He has to bring a passenger with him to this other system. And poor Mando, I feel bad for the dude already. He just wants to get rid of this kid, like move on with his life. <laughs> and it's always something else popping up. It's always something dangerous. Anyway, he has to take the what they're calling her, the Frog Lady. Yeah, they just have like a name yet. I know we have Baby Yoda and Frog Lady now. And uh, but it turns out that you can't go into hyperspace because she's carrying her eggs in some kind of vat, and hyperspace would kill these kids. Which, again, I mean that's that's the MacGuffin for the episode. I don't understand why that would happen, but you know, in Favreau we trust, so I'll I'll, I'll let it go. Just roll with Which, it. Well, I'll let it roll with it. And uh, Mando's like, no way. There's not a chance in hell we're going, you know, regular speed. I will die. We will die. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so anyway, but he has to take the job. He has no choice. Because the husband of Frog Lady says she knows where Mandalorians are. And hopefully next episode we finally get one. <clears throat> Which I'm thinking is going to be Bo-Katan, finally, making her first appearance in a live-action show. Which is going to be fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, we cut to the Razor Crest. We see this is one thing about this is what I love about the show too. We see people use the bathroom, well, not use the bathroom, but there's a bathroom. There's a there's a bed. <laughs> like we're seeing beds like racks. Yeah. Like he actually sleeps. Oh, so people do sleep in this galaxy. You know, <laughs> people do people do use the bathroom in this galaxy. A lot of things that people asked about dumbingly over the last forty years was, do they go to the bathroom? Of course they go to the bathroom. Well, how come we don't see them go to the bathroom? Do you want to see them go to the bathroom? Do you yeah. really want to see Luke Skywalker say, whoa, whoa, I got to piss? Well, it was like people used to, when we watched 24, people used to ask about Jack Bauer using the bathroom and things like that. It's like, no, you know he went. That's it. You know yeah. he, how it works. Yeah, he's, you know, when they cut to Chloe, he's probably pissing. You don't know. Yeah, you got to go. You got to go. But I mean, that would be, but that must be something you can hold that shit in for 24 hours. I'm just saying, if you try to stop a nuclear bomb going off, you, you know, you could probably hold that in for a while. <laughs> Anyway, the best part, I, I, one of the most exciting parts, of course, is they all go to sleep. They're woken up to an alarm. Oh, and this is what, well, I'm sorry. I, I, I jumped ahead again because we, we started talking about it. Uh, Mano tells Frog Lady, I'm going to sleep. You should go to sleep too. It's going to take a long time, not by not using light speed. Goes into the back, and there's our good friend, the child, helping himself to some yummy frog eggs. And, you know, Mano stops him immediately and tells him, no, 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 but this dude just don't care. He's like, ah, I'm hungry, man. Yeah. I'm like, no, wait, am I the only one who thought that he was going to use the force? And, like, I, that's what I thought. Yeah. Like he was going to, like, fertilize these eggs or do something nice to these eggs. It looked like he thought about it at, at one point. Um, yeah, because I could have sworn there was one, one point where he did raise his hand. And he was kind of like he was going to do something with it. But, I mean, no, because his main thing was, like, these are frogs. I'm hungry, so I, w- I would like to eat them. So I'm going to just say this right off the bat. I did not think – I didn't find it too bad because I'm like, we saw the kid eat a frog in the fir- in, in season one, right, in the, uh, in the one episode where the kids are all, like, finding it gross that he has the frog in his mouth and, and everything. So that's pretty obvious that he does that. She has baby frogs and eggs. You know, he probably just smells them and, and thinks that they, that they are what they are, and he, he's just eating them. He doesn't know anything that they're going to grow up to be something. I'm just saying, it is is it, it, he, he's just so much trouble. That's all I'm saying. Of course, like when, he you, is. when you break down the episode, he's just so much trouble. And as men are really gonna at the end of the day, gonna be like, "Wow, this wasn't worth it. Like this this whole <laughs> thing was not worth this. Getting this, this kid 
back to his people or whatever. He's going to be like, listen, uh, I've been questioned to return him to his people, but nah, this is not the yeah. way. <laughs> no, this is not the way. That would be funny if that's how it ended. Not the way. Yep. Show's over. Going home. Lights out. I'll shut, shut it down. It down. <laughs> uh, so anyway, the Mando actually takes a nap. Again, first time I think we've ever seen anybody take a nap in Star Wars. Yeah. Oh, uh, he's awoken to alarms, and those alarms are X-wing fighters. Which again was one was Dave Filoni, famous uh, creator of the Clone Wars. Mm-hmm. I also I have his autograph on my body, by the way. When I met him, he autographed me. Wow. And uh, the other guy was just a random. Well, he's a famous dude, but I don't know exactly his exact name. Was it Paul? Uh, Paul Sum Young Lee, I believe. It was? Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. He was Captain Carson Tiva from what I understand. And Dave Filoni's yeah. uh, X-wing pilot was Trapper Wolf. Trapper Wolf. Yes. Yeah, that's that's what's in the uh, Rebels also. Well, Rebels? I think it's Rebels. Okay. Yeah, I think it's Clone Wars. That's too, that's too long ago. It has to be Rebels. Um, so anyway, they, they, they're patrolling the Outer Rim, and they come across the Ridge Crest, and new laws. After since the Imperial, you got to have yourself a tracking system. you got to have a ship ID. Mandalorian knows he's in trouble. He does not have either. They think he might be an Imperial holdout, Imperial remnant, mm-hmm. and the shit gets on. Razor Crest takes off, makes an awesome dive move onto this planet. X-Wings chase him, manages to fight him off, crash lands into this icy, desolate, disgusting place. And we're going to move on to one of the funniest parts, I thought, was uh, Frog Mama in the jacuzzi. Yes. <laughs> With the babies. <laughs> and this is, this is one of those episodes where I was like, am I watching this? Am I watching Frog, Frog, Mom, Frog Mom in the jacuzzi with these babies? So... Yeah. <clears throat> Oh, anything, anything to add before we keep going? I'm, I'm just talking. No, well, I mean, listen, that's fine. Uh, but what I also had read up too is that apparently the person who did the motion capture for Frog Lady was the same woman, uh, Misty Rostis, I believe, who did the motion capture for Quill in season one. So, oh, really? Yeah, that's, that's, that's what I had read, at least online. Good. I mean, I was checking out and trying to figure out if there was anything that I had missed also. Um, and then the person who did the voice for Frog Lady, which make out whatever you will with that because she was obviously not speaking any kind of English was D Bradley Baker who did the voice uh-huh. for all the clones and clone wars. So yep. boom. Got, yep. got a couple of those in there. Oh they're keeping the family together that's for damn sure. Yeah. <laughs> like I said when when you start like if you watch the Clone Wars and Rebels also you see how seeing all these people come together it's great. Uh that they're you know keeping them all in the family, keeping them all employed. Um anyway once again this little guy Manages to get on his own, takes a nice little walk, comes upon a nice field of, hey, looks like food. I'm going to help myself, which he does again. Opens this little nest, pulls out a spider. Well, it looks like we don't know what it is with a spider yet. Helps himself. Cut back to Mando, again, with Frog Mama in the jacuzzi with these babies. Tell him you better get these kids back in his container because it's going to get cold real fast. We got to get back to the ship. And then he hears... The, the faint cry, running away, which I thought was hysterical, by the way, with him running <laughs> down that little hill. And we start seeing these spiders cracking open, and there are thousands of them, big, small, medium. And this comes right out of all well, those different versions. There was an Empire Strikes Back version that we saw in the Ralph Macquarie painting. There was some on Rebels? Wasn't there some on, from what I had saw online, I think it may have been on IGN or something like that. I was reading it. That these uh these spiders they actually have a, they do have a name, which I should have just made a note of, but apparently they were in Rebels. 
in an episode yeah, that the rebels they, they yeah they landed on an empty base yeah uh to try to establish a base and these things were there mm-hmm. but i don't know if it's the same species like i said they're talking about how the galaxy is a big place yeah. could be different species it's probably the same yeah. <clears throat> i don't know why they get so technical i forgot the name too i didn't get a chance to look up the name i have a lot less notes than i did last week last week was very in-depth episode like i said we talked about it before this one's kind of straightforward yeah you know the child starting crap and Mando having to pick up the mess mm-hmm. um so yeah these things were terrifying and it was it, it brought you back to harry potter it brought you back to all those movies well so some people have, were making comparisons to aliens 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 is a very good comparison it's a very good comparison yeah uh i, I thought harry potter right away when they were in the okay. Black Forest and Chamber of Secrets, and they, all those spiders started coming out. Um, yeah, and basically, man, I got to run for his life. You got to run, get these things back into the ship. That ain't going to stop him because the ship is, I don't know how they're going to fix this ship. I feel, I feel bad for the Razor Crest. That thing's worse than the Money Falcon. Just taking a beating. You just took the words literally right out of my mouth. I was about to say that the Razor Crest has taken more beatings than the Falcon has than we've ever seen. But it, 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 apparently, at the end of the end, the end of the episode, it's like sputtering away to you know the next place where they're going. Slowly, very, very slowly. slowly. Yes. So yeah, I'm, I'm hoping the next episode is probably going to start with them still puttering out in space, real slow. <clears throat> so anyway, just when you think that they're going to get eaten, because these things are everywhere, they lock themselves in the cockpit, but the big one shows up and he's going to try to break through that. He does break through the glass actually, and uh, next thing you know you hear a lot of laser blast fire. Which is pretty awesome. We saw the two X-Men pilots just <laughs> clocking spiders, man. Clocking these spiders left and right. Saves the day. Uh, and then they make a deal with the Mandalorian saying, listen, we we know what you did. You saved the new Republican, which goes back to season one. Great time. Uh, the, yeah, the, ep- the episode of The Prisoner where he saved the young lieutenant's life and mm-hmm. locked the three criminals up in the cell. But the one did get away. But I, he, he was smart not to tell them, oh, I let that guy get away, but I killed him. So it's kind of right. like, you know, I, he did get away, but he's dead now. So you don't got to worry about it. Because I'm sure that would be not legal in the New Republic these days. Well, didn't, hold on, at the end of that episode, though, didn't the X-Wing fighters go ahead and just blow that thing to Kingdom Come? Not the not the uh, prison, but... Um... Oh, yeah, it was the, no, yeah, it was the, it was the X-Wings that did it. But he put the pl- yeah. he planted the, the bug. Yeah. And, and remember, they took the shot at the Razor Crest and missed. And the X-Wings was like, oh... They want to shoot, so we're yeah. going to shoot back. And there goes that. That's the end of that episode. He did, but he didn't kill them. Mm-hmm. Did, but didn't. Um, but they probably don't know that he was on board. The Twi'lek. I forgot his name, too. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, it was a great hark back to the prisoner. They're like, well, listen, you get your you get your transponder fixed, and we'll let this go. And, of course, about the money, he's like, well, I'll, I'll forego the bounties if you help me build my fix my ship. And they're like, no. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. like, no. <laughs> get your transponder fixed before the next time we see you. Oh, they're going to arrest them, and they take off. <clears throat> like you said, they fixed the ship. I said it was a very quick, straightforward episode. They, they fixed the ship just enough to get off the ground. They're all locked into this cockpit together, which has got to suck. They're all locked in this little tiny cockpit. Hopefully, it's going to stay air air trapped or they're going to die, which is a great line, by the way. He said, you know, wake me up if the, someone tries to kill us or if that door blows off. He goes, well, never mind, because we'll all be dead anyway. It's like, <laughs> and, uh, and Frog Lady and, and the child both look at him like he's nuts. And he decided he just goes to sleep. That's yeah. how the episode. That's how the episode ended. Uh, like I said, a very straightforward episode. I would put this. I told you before. I put it at the bottom of the show. Not, not that I didn't like it. Not yeah. that I didn't think it was great. But I, I think they're all great. 
but I would put it more towards at the bottom of, of, of my list of best episodes. Where do you got it? Huh. Um, I, yeah, I think I kind of have to agree with that now that I think about it. Um, I, and again, I enjoyed the episodes. I guess it's kind of like how we actually we, we do our occasional MCU rankings where it's like, yeah, we like, we like the whole MCU. We'll watch any of it, but if we have to shuffle them in order. It's probably towards the lower half. I mean, I would really need to think a little bit further about it and more into season one of which episodes I was kind of like, yeah, that was cool, but nah, whatever. Um, well, what's your favorite episode? Do you have can you name off the top of your head? Oh, uh, my favorite episode was the um, was the season one finale. The season no. one finale was insane. The, yeah. You know, which I want to know. Like, we haven't seen uh, Moth Gideon yet this year. So, because I mean, I was like right there and happening. So I wonder where he's at. It's just the whole thing. I, I love that whole episode from when it started, and you got the two, uh, you know, the two troopers on the speeder bikes, and you know, they're having their whole back and forth, and he's like smacking the child. And you know, that's not going to end well. And then the the ass kicking that the the hunter droid, you know, the bounty droid going ahead and just started smoking all of them and everything like that. That was fantastic. That that whole episode was was just great. Yeah, Jason Sudeikis and Adam Paley were the two biker scouts, and they were hysterical. I don't know how much they ad libbed, but yeah. that, they were they, they were great in that episode. And then the fact that they couldn't shoot a can that was five feet away again, shaking I, their gun. I, I, know, I know you hate that about <laughs> people ragging on stormtroopers about their aim, but you knew that was like an inside joke. Where I was like, oh, right, of course, no, I, I I appreciate it. I laughed my ass off. I thought it was great. I thought it was hysterical. Uh, plus, biker scouts—they're they're not really known for their their weaponry. They're more for their scouting. That's why they're scouts. Um, yeah. But yeah, this episode kind of felt like a little bit of a filler, which I understand you do need. Mm -hmm. This is going to be a long ass journey with this kid. Yeah. And, and and oh yeah, by the way, we forgot to mention the 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 look the frog mom gave him while she was holding Slug onto that container, and then he turns his head and pops one more egg into his mouth. Exactly. I was like, you little bastard! Little bastard got one more egg out of there. Yeah. Um, yeah, a lot of people uh, took a lot of like, a lot of offense to him, and I was telling I was telling Sam, my wife, uh, about that, and she was she was even she was laughing. She's like, "Oh my god, he was eating the eggs!" I was like, "He was eating the eggs right in front of the mother." He's just stealing he them. No, he doesn't. I can't believe I'm the one defending the child now. He, <laughs> he doesn't know any better, man. I mean, listen, he, he's we eat eggs. I mean, whatever. They're, you know, man, the Lord told him no, no. And he's like, dude, I'm hungry. Tim, I'll, I'll, I'll eat you if I have to. Tim, you have kids. You know how this. You know how that works. You're gonna tell them no, and then you know so they're gonna try to sneak something behind your back. Well, I'm hoping if I told them not to eat a frog egg, they wouldn't eat it. Hoping. Well, there you go. No, yeah, I would hope so too. I mean, if I told Marvel <laughs> not to do it, I would hope she doesn't. Get <laughs> eating say, socks, eating socks left and right over here. There you uh, go. So you hope that day that they stop eating the socks, you're like, all right, see. See, <laughs> I understand. Um, but yeah, as far as as far as the rankings go, yeah, this would be at the bottom. But in no way do I did that I did not like it, but it felt like filler to get to the meaty stuff, and I'm hoping the meaty stuff's in the next episode already because uh, the previews is something about Mando meets new allies to help him yeah. on his journey, which I'm hoping is, like I said, Bo-Katan coming from the Clone Wars and Rebels, and she's another kick-ass Mandalorian. Hey, so what's the character that everyone seems to believe that Sasha Banks is going to be playing? Someone with blue uh, hair. From Rebels, fool, a blue-haired character from from Rebels that was with uh, Ahsoka, Ahsoka Tan. Oh, was that the girl in the last? I, I again, she was in the, in the last couple episodes. 
Okay. Um, of the of the last season of the new season. So from yeah, what that, I, I don't know her name, but yeah, that could be possible. That could be possible. Ahsoka hooked up with these sisters who helped her uh, during the purge. Because if you haven't seen the last episodes of the, of, of of Rebels or the Clone Wars, I mean the Clone Wars, uh, that's during the purge, during Revenge of the Sith, which was a fantastic tie-in. And she said she had hooked up with these sisters that helped her that she got involved with the last couple episodes, but helped her get back to the Republic just in time to watch it fall at yeah. the hands of you know Anakin Vader slash whatever the Emperor. Um, and that's the interesting. That's what she's playing. So yeah, so that's what I had read also, and, and the same thing with, with IGN is that their their belief in, and I was going to run it past you to see what you thought that they believe Sasha Banks is going to be introduced as one of these allies in the next episode, where she'd be playing that you know the character with the blue hair who would also help lead into introducing Ahsoka Tan, and yeah, that would I'm, be I'm, it. I'm, I'm all for that. And I'm she just... fought those spiders <laughs> in Rebels supposedly in an episode. She totally yeah. fought these spiders, so that's where they were saying that they believe that this episode might be a little bit more meaningful than we think, because apparently everywhere we've all, everyone seems to agree that they believe it was kind of like a filler thing. But if these spiders are introduced, not Sabine, are you talking about Sabine, Sabine Wren? Yes. Yes. That's who they, that's who, that's their theory. Oh, see, that's different now. Okay. And that, and that's extremely interesting. Why Sabine's a Mandalorian. There you go. She's from Mandalore. She's, she's, and she also had the black saber. So that's that. That would be very, very interesting if she's Sabine Wren. Because Sabine Wren's right. not just an ally; she is a Mandalorian. Okay, so then that really. All right, I am not taking credit for this. I've said I, I did not figure this out on my own. I read it on IGN when I was checking out some stuff. That's what they're. That's what they're believing. So I figured, let me pitch this to Tim. He, you know, is the encyclopedia. He knows that. That's what they're yeah, believing, Sabine, and that's how it all Sabine, tie in. Yeah, Sabine was on the crew of the Ghost, all the Rebels. And towards the end, when she returned, you know, she was like a Mandalorian who left. She 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 was kind of a disgrace to the family because you know they're very you know we are proud race or whatever. And she had left, but she kept her helmet. Okay. <laughs> she always wore the helmet during battles and everything, but she took it off, put it on, took it off. She wasn't like one of those. Um, but she ended up returning to Mandalore and helped battling because the Mandalore had a big civil war going on. Yeah. And then Darth Maul came and fucked a lot of shit up. I can say it now. Steve told me we can <laughs> fucked a lot of shit up, and Darth Maul took over Mandalore. Um, and they help fight, get the Mandalore back from him. Uh, but if she's Sabine, that's very interesting. Okay, that is very interesting. Like I said, that's a Mandalore right off the bat, and she does know go. Ahsoka. She does know Ahsoka. That's they that's their show. They work together. Yeah. yeah, they work together in Rebels. So, ooh, that's good. So I can't would, wait for Friday. So, would that add more importance to this episode then? If that's yes. how it was, that was the trickling effect that just kind of like blew the doors open for for things yeah. moving forward. I mean, Sasha Banks doesn't look like a Sabine, but doesn't then they she get had blue hair. Yeah, she, I she, she, yeah, yeah, she had blue hair in the in the, in the show. Okay. Um, and while I'm nervous about Sasha Banks getting a big important role because we don't know if she can act. I mean, we, of course, wrestlers act all the time. So yeah, that's their tough. job. To act. But but acting is different from wrestling into the ring, which we've seen many times when wrestlers are absolutely horrible in movies. They're not all the rock. They're not all, you know, make that transition. Some of them are actually very terrible when yes. you put them in front of a movie screen. So I'm hoping she's good. And if she's gonna be someone like Sabine, ooh, she better she better get her shit together. Because she'll take a lot of heat from the nerds. Yeah, I'm I'm sure. I mean listen, I mean, uh 
She, we can't all deliver lines like, you know, what's that smell? Dookie. I hate Dookie. See, so exactly. So, yeah, she can't have a Dookie line. She's no. to, she better bring it if that's the case. But that's interesting. I, I didn't hear that one because I heard, oh, she might be a, a fallen Jedi. She might be uh, another bounty hunter. She might be this. She might be that. So, that's the first time I heard that she might be Sabine, and that really piqued my interest. Uh, listen, I, I would love to be right about this because when I was reading it, it kind of piqued my interest. And I'm like, I don't, because I, 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 you know, you know this, but whoever else, I have not watched all the animated Star Wars stuff. I've seen obviously the whole live action stuff, you know, movies a thousand times and everything else like that. That's where I got to, you know, toss it over to Tim to, to really lay down the knowledge on this. But that's at least what I had stumbled upon on, on that theory. That's, that's very, very interesting. So the question leading till then, because you had brought him up, do you think we're going to see Darth Maul? Do you think we're actually going to see Darth Maul in The Mandalorian? Maybe not this season, but even further. Definitely not. Okay, so you're going to say <laughs> under and over of, let's just say, 45%. Oh, see, I can't give you the... You don't know. See, I don't want to... Oh, I guess I have to spoil it. Did you want the spoiler? Spoiler. No. <laughs> no, well, whatever, man. Go ahead. It's fine. No, he's dead. He's definitely dead during this. Oh, he's time. like dead now. Okay, he's dead. Dead during this time. He's definitely dead. Okay. It is, and it's again. It's another great episode of Rebels. Uh, when Maul shows up, he he he's hunting for Obi Wan. He knows Obi Wan's alive, and he becomes obsessed with finding him. And he yeah. finds him on Tatooine. Of course, he does. And they have one more fight, and Obi Wan is he's half. Episode three, half episode four, Obi Wan. He's still got the young Obi Wan cartoon face, but he's all gray. Okay. And they have a fight on Tatooine in this desert next to this fire. They talk shit. Obi Wan killed, and he kills him quick. Like that, I mean, right? it wasn't it wasn't even a fight. It was just like bzz, 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 I killed you. And then Darth Maul like gets all sentimental. Look it up on YouTube. He gets like you just watch it on YouTube. He gets all sentimental, like oh. You know, you were like my greatest this and that, and Obi you know, Obi Wan's just chill. He's like, yeah, you know, dude, whatever. I had to kill you. You came here. You know, I knew you were coming. This and that, and, and it's like, yeah. So we're definitely not going to see the Darth. We might see him in Obi Wan if they recreate, yeah, that which they could very well recreate it. Yeah, live action version. We could actually again. I'm, I'm sure there are other fans who should be watching the animated stuff who do not because I do like animated stuff. So I'm not knocking animated stuff at all. But, but I it's think a I lot. On. It's a lot to catch up on. Well, that's what I'm saying. I fell so far behind that I'm one of those people who's like, man, I could watch all of this. I have it on Disney Plus, and it just feels like a daunting task it to is, go through it's, all it's, of it now. It's a lot of seasons you got to watch now. Rebels, even the Rebels, is four or five years worth of shit you got to watch. Um, but I mean, it's definitely worth to watch that fight, watch that scene. It's a great scene. So if I have to watch Clone Wars or Rebels, would you suggest I would choose Rebels? You think Rebels is the better show? Or do you think Clone Wars maybe has more importance to it? Rebels is probably a boy. Rebels is more. Oh my god, I don't know how to put it. How do I even put it? Clone Wars is long. Clone Wars. Clone Wars has a lot of episodes. Like I feel this Mandalorian was a lot of filler. Okay. Clone Wars has a lot of three PO and R two episodes where you're like, ah, I don't want to watch this. <laughs> I don't want to watch this episode because it's a lot oh, of he's the MVP. He's the no, but, no, but still, those episodes, especially because they're cartoons, I think they're like, well, you know what? We're getting a little dark. We're going to throw this episode in for the kids because we're getting a little dark here. 
they'll have a Jar Jar episode. They'll have a they'll have a, a Troid episode. They'll have a this episode. The Clone Wars <laughs> does have a lot of major potential. Rebels is more is very dark because it's right before you know, it's episode three, it's episode four, it's it's the yeah. Empire. It's very, very dark. Okay. Um I would watch Rebels, to be honest with you. Okay. And and like I said, um you'll you'll get the Darth Maul stuff, you'll get taken over Mandalorian, you get a lot of good Mandalorian stuff in there. And then you okay. see what happens. Well, I I, I would YouTube that right now. If you want to watch that, it's, it's, a great, it's a great. It's a great. It's as as much as the fight was a squash. Yeah. As much it was like a Tyson fight in the eighties. Wow. It's still worth watching. Okay. It's still worth watching. <clears throat> so, and if you haven't watched, you want to know what's one of the great fight? Watch the Emperor versus Darth Maul and Savage Oppress. Savage Oppress is Darth Maul's brother. He's a bigger, jacked up version of Maul. Okay. It's, it's 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 two on one. And oh, oh my god. That is some of the best animation fighting I've ever seen, and it's just the Emperor basically destroying people. Wow! Because you don't get to see him fight as much as you know. You don't get to see him fight, fight. No. And he rolls. He rolls up on. He rolls into Mandalore. Like we, we can't get into Mandalore. It's impossible. He just rolls right in. They're like, dude, I'm I'm Darth Sidious. I'll do what I want. Wow! And Darth Maul's like, holy shit, he's here. I'm like, what do you mean he's here? It's like he's here. Like we're in trouble. <laughs> and then he goes on and waxes the both of them with no problem. Another great, another great scene. I recommend you watch. Okay. So we also see that you know, going back to the episode though, it's a, it's a chapter ten. So we also do make sure that they make a point to show you that they are uh, that he's that that Mando is still carrying around Boba Fett's armor. He has a, they we see a shot of his helmet, who's still going around. They make sure that you let you know that he's still going on with that. So leading to believe, obviously, they're going to get back to Boba Fett at some point. And we also did see the stories that they're going to shoot a Boba Fett miniseries that Michael was going to start shooting like this week. Again, rumor. I don't know. Okay. Just saying, just saying. <coughs> I mean, that'd be nice. I'd like to see pretty reliable sources. It wasn't just like, it wasn't, we got this covered where it wasn't like, you know, Sally Joe Schmo's, uh, you know, I love Star Wars website. Like there was like deadline and variety in and out. They were really reporting. Well, here's my one problem with that. So now you're gonna have the Mandalorian pops up on Tatooine a lot. Yes. The Obi Wan show is going to be on Tatooine. Everything. And now you're gonna have Boba Fett on Tatooine also. Maybe we're not gonna have a show called Tatooine. You might as well. Tatooine nights, Tatooine days, Tatooine summer, whatever you want to call it. Because now you can have. You know, two shows basically based on that planet, and how can Obi Wan and Boba Fett not run into each other? Or not running? No, I mean this later on. I mean he's dead already. Yeah. But I mean, you're gonna have all these shows based on Tatooine. Yeah. Eh, I don't know. Maybe, well, maybe not. But what could Boba Fett do? Well, I think the questions would be this. My questions are number one: When does this Boba Fett miniseries take place? Is this? Are they just gonna cover him getting out of the Sarlacc pit and everything, and then like? Where the what happened with that? Is that what that because remember they're specifying it's a mini series. So is I would, be like I a would five do, episode thing. Well what I would do, I would have I would do the flashback thing. Okay. Have him getting have him crawling out of the Sarlacc. Yeah. Flashing back to something, you know, and have flat like why did why did my life basically like why did I get to this point? Like why am I here in this damn desert with this damn Sarlacc bit? What happened to get me here? Yeah. That's what I would do personally if it's gonna be a mini series. Because if he never left Tatooine, I don't want to watch that show. That's going to be the Obi Wan show. But isn't but the Obi Wan show is supposed to show 
is supposed from what I understand is supposed to focus on between episode three and four. Yeah. Is that supposed to focus on that? But the Sarlacc pit and everything is after Jedi. Yeah. So they would be taking place at different points in time. Oh, yeah. I know. I was yeah. only joking. Yeah. No, no, no. They're not going to cross paths. No. <laughs> Obi-Wan's dead already. But like I said, are you really going to have two shows on Tatooine? And Tatooine is not that exciting. Yeah, no. I mean, well, I don't know. Is it, though? I mean, it, it could be extremely, I guess, since they seem to can't they can't stay away from it. Well, the Obi-Wan show, too, I can't wait for because we're supposed to get a look at Amperu, Uncle Owen, and Little Luke, mm-hmm. which is going to be, again, going to be outstanding. And I gotta, yeah. I've got i said this a million times to you. I've said it a million times to everybody. I want the scene where Obi-Wan realizes that Vader is Anakin and he's still alive. I want that scene. If I don't get that scene, I'm going to be so pissed off. But that's the scene I want more than anything in the world. Yeah. Even if it's Qui-Gon coming back and saying, dude, you fucked up. Because that dude's alive and he's pissed. And yeah. he's killing millions of people because of you. I'll take that also. Because again, Liam Neeson said he'd come back. So we have, we, have, we might see Qui-Gon come back as the ghost. Probably going to get a Yoda ghost because they're going to help train Obi-Wan. Mm-hmm. Uncle Owen, Amperu, and what's his name who played Uncle Owen said he'd come back. Joel Edgerton. I think he said, he, I, I thought he they, said, he said would, they got him in. He said he'd love to come back. So he, yeah. And, and I, again, I want to see the beef. The beef between them two, yeah. Where why, why is there beef? Just because you know, Obi Wan's going to have to find out Vader's alive, and then go tell Uncle Owen. Oh, listen, by the way, this guy's father is that guy in a black suit that's murdering millions of people. You guys have to keep this kid hidden. Yeah, <laughs> and Uncle Owen's be like, you know, dude, you you're, you're an asshole. Like you really <laughs> screwed this up. You know, you really screwed this up. So that's another scene they got to have. I'm hoping and again. I trust Favreau. I trust Filoni. I trust all these guys, so that's the scene I gotta have. Do you think we're gonna get a hello there? Yes, <laughs> without a doubt. That's probably gonna be his first line. <laughs> we'll be hello there. That would be great. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean that's as far as I know. But uh, if, if if Sasha Banks is Sabine, she better bring that shit because that's an important character. Is a character the Star Wars fans will not forgive her for ruining. Yeah. So. She better bring that shit. She didn't have blue hair in the in the in the trailer, right? But she had the hood up. She had the hood up. They didn't. I didn't. I don't recall seeing the color of the hair. But I saw from the IGN thing. I thought the character had blue hair, and I know I'm pretty. I mean, well, I, I should make there. Yeah, exactly. That's what made me think. Oh yeah, shit, I I can see that. You know, so that that's that that's pretty interesting. I, I found it pretty interesting, and that's why I was like, again, I gotta. You know, spit this out. That's the first time I heard she might be Sabine, and that's and that's very, that would like really. Now the whole not. idea is now, I could be wrong. <laughs> yeah, but now I'm going to be up at three a.m. now because of that. I have to know now. I'll <laughs> be up at three a.m. watching this freaking show now because I want to know if it's going to be Sabine or not. Uh, <laughs> that's fine. I watched them all early. I can watch them. All. I go in again. Uh, all right. Anybody? Any more gossip or Easter eggs or got anything else about this episode? Uh, no, that was the only things that I that I was able to track down and, and stuff like that for this for this episode. Uh, I thought I know they dropped like a mini yeah they had the mini trailer out for chapter eleven uh, that they showed and that's where he was gonna you know he's like on this like planet with a bunch of water and it's gonna be like a you know he's on a boat and everything like that. Maybe it was directed by James Cameron. I'm just kidding. But you know, <laughs> if they go underwater, then all bets are off. But. Um, yeah, so that's where supposedly we're going to see all the stuff, and the, I'm guessing that's going to be where you know the frog lady is going to be reunited with 
you know, her husband and the eggs and stuff will be passed off and see if baby Yoda, you know, spits them out or something or, you know, or keeping the Lucas tradition alive of using a lot of different locations. You got your ice, you got your desert. Now we're going to get water. We'll probably get a forest. We'll probably get all that stuff eventually. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, we did get a forest in season one. We got that jungle planet thing. Yeah, with the <laughs> yeah with a with ATST. Um, right. But yeah, like I said, it was a great episode. But I would put it down at the bottom. It wasn't. I said it wasn't. It was filler. It felt like filler to get you to the next point, which is unless, fine. Unless that whole theory is correct. Yeah, if that whole theory is correct, which could be a stretch. I'm not saying it's not. But mm-hmm. if the theory is correct, perhaps it adds more meaning to it. I, I don't know. Every series has filler, so whatever. If it is filler, it's yeah, you got to have your filler right now. You got to have your R two three PO episode just to even <laughs> things out, even things out once in a while. Exactly. Um, but I, rec- I I recommend going on YouTube and watching what I, I told you to watch because it's it's really good. Um, all right, I guess we're gonna wrap it up. Another good yeah. episode uh, next week, probably. Mando, we'll try. We're gonna try to do Mando Mondays every week, um, as long as nothing. Life happens, shit happens, but we're going to try to do it every week, right mm-hmm. around the same time every week. We will bring you any Yankee news that comes about, any baseball news that comes about. Uh, Ed, any farewell words before we go? Uh, not much, man. Just as we've always said, keep wearing your mask and you know, stay safe, everybody. And watch it Friday, watch it again Saturday, maybe even Sunday. Who knows? I don't know what you got going on, but watch it as much as you can. And then join us next Monday for our discussion of Chapter 11. Next week, I'm inviting guests. You want to come on the show and talk about the Mandalorian next week? Let me know. I will. I will get you on the show. I promise. Next week, but we've been a little, you know, busy. Ooh, I hear it. But yeah, um, <laughs> I feel coughing. All right. So for Ed, for me, we will see you next week, Mando Monday, six six thirty, somewhere around there. This is the way. This is the way. I hope she's Sabine, dude. That'd be awesome.